You are listening to the You Are Lawyer podcast. I am the podcast host, Kyla Denanio, a 2015 law school graduate. This podcast was created to share the experiences and successes of law school graduates who created their own paths to career success. In episode 11, I'm speaking with a legal analyst and lawyer. With a foundation in document review, this guest found herself working in the tax department of a large publishing company. Based in Dallas, Texas, today's guest is Ruth Jeremiah. Welcome to the podcast, Ruth. Hey, Kyla. How are you? Hi, I'm doing well. How are you doing? Doing well, doing well. Would you share a little bit about yourself with the audience? Yeah, for sure. So, like you said, my name is Ruth Jeremiah. I am originally from Tulsa, Oklahoma, and that's where I went to law school. So I went to law school at University of Tulsa. And while I was there, I did a lot of public interest work. And I knew that that was the path that I initially wanted to go on was becoming an assistant district attorney with the juvenile division. And after law school, I decided to move to Dallas and, you know, be able to actually practice in a, in a bigger city, have more mm-hmm. opportunities for myself. And after that, shortly, I realized that the plan that I had for my life was not necessarily going the way that I wanted it to go. And about a couple of years after I got licensed, I fell into corporate tax. So I started working for a company that is actually more of an information company and started just working in their tax and accounting department as a legal analyst, looking up sales and use tax law for for the company. So I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but Thomson Reuters, that's where you work. I know them from publishing. I used to work at McGraw-Hill. How did you get into corporate tax? It seems like such a weird segue. It was very weird. So once I got licensed, that was around the time where the housing bubble burst. And so the economy was pretty uncertain and unstable at the time. And while I was looking for a job, it was really difficult. So I started to do a lot more of e-discovery work, which um, before it was really Coin e-discovery, it was really more just document review. So reviewing documents for um, lawyers and uh, law firms while they were preparing for litigation. And I did that for a number of years, about six years. And while during that, I was, you know, looking for a more permanent job because a lot of those contracts were temporary. Mm-hmm. So I was looking on Indeed one day and I saw that Thomson Reuters was looking for an, a legal analyst and one of the requirements happened to be a JD. So I just decided to apply. I really wanted to use more of my legal skills in a a more permanent environment. So I decided to apply. And sure enough, after a couple of weeks, I was offered a position there. So really just fell into it. I did not go looking for it at all. Yeah. Uh, So your current role as a legal analyst, it is a JD preferred job. That is correct, at least for half of our team. So half, half of our team are JDs and lawyers and half are pretty much accountants. Okay. Your immediate colleagues know that you attended law school. Yes. Was your degree an asset when you were interviewing for this role? My degree was, I would say, an asset because that was something specific that they were looking for. Even though my immediate boss now is a CPA accountant, my original boss was an attorney. So he understood the value that having a law degree would have in this specific role because we are analyzing law, Mm -hmm. even though it is tax law, which is something, you know, accountants typically do. 
it does provide more of an asset to have that legal mind and analytical thinking and legal reasoning and things like that. Yeah. We have a couple of legal analysts at our law firm. We're in the e-commerce space. So they're crunching numbers for which storefront is selling our clients products more than they're supposed to be. And I remember intellectual property was an elective in law school and I had zero interest in it. Interesting. And I just, I was like, no, I'm not taking a trademark class. I'm not taking intellectual (laughs) property. Absolutely not. And that's what I do all day long. And it's funny, the guy that I work closely with, he has a JD and then I have a JD Mm -hmm. and they're trying to expand the department. And he's like, you have to look for people with JDs. I mean, look at us, we're killing it. (laughs) He's like, our work ethic is just, it's completely different. He's like, there's no coincidence that the the lawyer whispers, the ones that are the best at talking to you guys and empathizing with what you're going through are the people that have JDs because we've been through the process. Oh man, we've been through that gauntlet. Yeah. Yeah. That is interesting. I actually took intellectual property while I was studying abroad in Ireland. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it was very interesting. The EU and everything was just the way they do law is, is really interesting. So, but that, that's probably the only time I would ever have thought yeah. to do that. It's, um, it's interesting. So, yeah. As a legal analyst, you maintain tax software engines and different things. Are you involved with creating the software or just mostly analyzing data that comes from it? The latter. So I mostly analyze the data. I maintain the data that's in there. So if there's anything that's changed, I make sure that that change is properly reflected into the software. Okay. Yeah, which I can't even imagine from a tax aspect. Um, (laughs) So you probably review stuff from all 50 states? So it's broken up. Each person on our team, there's about five or six of us, I can't remember, but we have states assigned to us. And so I'm assigned to about 12 of the 50. Wow. But also Puerto Rico, so okay. since it's a U.S. territory. And you said that you were doing doc review for six years? It is wild. <laughs> <laughs> now, I don't have any experience with doc review. I know from TV shows, a lot of the first-year associates, they do doc review, and they get boxes of boxes of papers. And I see the ads where they're like, hey, medical claim, we're looking for licensed attorneys to review stuff. But six years? Six Long years. You know, it's, it goes back to, you know, talking about feeling like a failure and feeling like a success and what do, what do those look like in light of things that you're going through, you know, currently or at that time. So, so once I graduated and once I passed the bar, which was for me an accomplishment because I was a pretty average student. I mean, I did what I could to make sure that I excelled Mm -hmm. but I was on a journal I was on the international journal that was what was more important to me I uh, interned and clerked at the public defender's office and uh, district attorney's office so I had some of those things that would you know bolster my resume but moving to Texas it's almost as though that just wasn't enough yeah so (laughs) even though I took the bar and I passed it it still wasn't enough and so doing e-discovery work. So I didn't have to deal with boxes of documents, thank God, but (laughs) doing or just working in that environment, it definitely taught me a lot about successes and failures Mm -hmm. because I will be honest, I did feel like somewhat of a failure. Those are the times where you get to find out what you're made of when Mm -hmm. those failures quote unquote happen. And I mean, ask any successful person, like you'll find them um, knowing more about failures than successes. Yeah. Um, they just probably failed a lot more than we did. So yep. 
I did everything right. I went to law school. I, you know, I actually passed the bar. You know, Texas is a pretty difficult bar. And so when I passed it the first time, it was a very big accomplishment for me, but that wasn't enough to be able to land me a position like a first year associate, which I would have been much more excited about being a first year associate doing document review other than, (laughs) you know, actually working as a contract worker. So, yeah, Um, that's awesome though. It shows that you're, um, you can be patient. And you can just yes. grind. Yeah. I, I was not going to just quit. You know, I knew that there was something out there for me to be doing. And if this is the season for me to be doing this specific thing, then I'm fine with that. It was hard. A lot of days, a lot of months, even years, it was hard. But I knew I could not stop. I had to continue going in pursuit of the, the dream that I had, you know, for just growth and yeah. personal development and doing, doing more than what I've been doing. I mean, I would trade you. My first year out of law school, I found out I didn't pass the Louisiana bar exam and I moved back to Ohio and I worked in a call center for a year and I marked 365 days. I was like, you have to be out of here. (laughs) You have to, but they had unlimited overtime. So I would be working like 15 hours extra a week and I was just saving money. And I was like, okay, you got a year and then you got to find something else. Well, that was, yeah, that's definitely different. (laughs) It was to keep me busy, keep my mind occupied, so. Oh, that's what you need, especially after law school when (laughs) you're super depleted (laughs) from everything. So prior to law school, you were interested in advocacy, and you actually worked in, you said, child advocacy, you worked in immigration matters, and with the Texas Legal Aid. Yes. Is that where you were able to advocate for others prior to joining with Thomson Reuters? That is correct. So while I was doing a document review I had to keep my mind sharp when it came to those skills that we learned in law school. So I decided to volunteer. That was something a colleague told me to do in order to not only keep my mind sharp, but to bolster my resume more, to be more marketable in the legal field. So I decided to work in immigration matters, legal aid, as you mentioned, and because that was what I wanted to do initially anyway. So being able to even just volunteer was more than enough for me because that's my passion. Yeah. Do you think that you would get back into that now, like even on a voluntary basis? I would love to do that. That, yeah. that is actually the ultimate goal. Okay. I would love to go back to that. Cool. So for undergrad, you went to Ohio State, which is where I went to school. So wonderful. Oh, but. <laughs> but your undergrad degree was in consumer affairs. Did you have an interest in law school even when you were in undergrad? I did. So it goes all the way back to about age 11. This this was a a long-term dream for me. I grew up watching a lot of Law & Order, a lot of crime shows, (laughs) things I probably shouldn't be watching, you know, in retrospect, but it definitely gave me a love for advocacy and being able to, I guess, being a middle child and being a, a child that really had to stand up for herself a lot. And it wasn't, it wasn't the best and the smartest idea to do with your parents, but it did teach me how to argue well. Mm-hmm. And I just took that going into undergrad, going yeah. into college, because I knew that that was what I was ultimately going to do. Okay. Did you miss Tulsa? And is that why you went back to Oklahoma for law school? I did not, to be honest. I did not <laughs> okay. miss Tulsa at all, but I did want to be closer to my family. So my parents still live in Tulsa and I wanted to make sure that I was close enough to them to just be there for them and just being able to be familiar in that area. Yeah. So my last question here for you, 
It sounds like your familiarity with the laws and how to research was definitely honed in law school. Would you attend law school over again, knowing that it would lead you to where you are now? That is a question <laughs> I have thought about for years. And I'm torn. There's some days where I feel like I would say yes, I would do it all over again. But then there are more days that I would say no. And I'll explain a little bit. I loved understanding how the law works. But one of my main, I guess, contentions with law school was that it was just super theory based. And I just couldn't figure out how to apply what yeah. I was learning. So being able to actually do more advocacy work and on the ground work, a lot of it doesn't necessarily require a law degree. Yes, it's nice to have, but it probably, if I could just use that time, those three years to, to really propel myself into that field, I'm not sure I would say I would do law school again. Okay. And there's nothing wrong with that. No right or wrong answer. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, is there anything else that you wanted to share with the audience? No, I'm just really grateful that you have me on your show. I re really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Oh, of course. Thank you. You have a good rest of the day. Thank you for listening to You Are a Lawyer. Subscribe to the show wherever you find your favorite podcast, including Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Spotify. New episodes are released every other Thursday. Leave a comment on our Instagram or Twitter pages. You can find those details in the show description. Feel free to contact me at Kyla at youarealawyer.com. Have a great day.